Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Let's Hang Out, the podcast that just wants to know, if we could be yours for 10 minutes, what would you give in exchange? Everything in the world, Lee. Everything right, in the, right the world. <laughs> <laughs> apparently many of your fingers i don't know something like that yeah something like that <laughs> something like that from the west coast i'm lee holmes foster and from the east coast i'm ellie brigida to those of you who have been with us through this whole journey thank you as always for listening if you're a new listener welcome we're excited to have you here here's what's happening this week this week in the lesdom this week in the lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. And I am going to share a shameless plug with all of you at the top of this episode, which aren't all of our this week in the lesdom shameless plugs, but here we go. We'll allow it. It's fine. We'll allow it. So I started a new band in Boston. It's called The Femmes. It is a women's and non-binary band. I'm super excited about it. We have our first show on February 10th at Club Cafe. So if you are in Boston, I would love to see you there. It's going to be from 5.30 p.m. to 9.30. We've already sold 110 tickets, which is freaking wild. So get your tickets soon because we don't have that many more above that. But it's going to be so fun. And I'm just, yeah, I'm excited to share it with all with you all. We also want to remind everyone that our Trova trip is confirmed. We are for sure going to be in Croatia in September. We absolutely cannot wait. We have... There are some spots left. We have seven spots left to to just join us on the trip. Um, we also want to remind everyone that because we only had a limited number of early bird spots, one of our Patreon supporters has super generously offered to cover that difference for four people, and we still have three of those spots left. So if you were hoping to take advantage of the early bird pricing, but you just hadn't gotten that ticket fast enough. Um, we do have three of those left right now. So if you want to get your tickets to join us in Croatia, you can do that at bit.ly slash let's do Croatia. Cannot wait. In season six, we are also releasing Patreon bonus episodes. And today we have a new Patreon bonus episode coming out for everything, everywhere, all at once. Lee and I had a great time talking about it. We thoroughly enjoyed the film. Also, since we have recorded that... How many Oscars like did they win? Sweep in the Oscar nominations. Yeah. I think it has like 11 nominations or something. All of them well-deserved, including our queer icon, Stephanie Sue. So um, yeah, you're going to want to catch that episode. That's all. Definitely at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We also are so, so honored and happy to tell you all that we have been nominated for the second time for a Queer Tea Award for Best Podcast, which is just incredible. Um, so we want to remind you all, we'll be posting about it, obviously, because you can vote for us once a day, every day until February 21st to help support us in our Queer Tea nomination. So if Yay. you want to find that, 
Um, you can find it if you just search the queer cheese or anything, or you can go to bit.ly slash lesvote and vote for us every day through, through February. Keep on voting. Let's freaking do it. We are hosting our next trivia for The L Word and Generation Q. So it'll be all of the previous seasons of The L Word plus the new seasons on February 16th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5.30 p.m. Pacific. We figured it was a good time since in the greater Les universe, Bet and Tina just had their wedding. Did you watch that, Lee? I, you know, I'm so behind on Generation Q. I've seen the clips of it. I've seen, like, I, I yes. am aware of what's happening, but I, I will say, it um, it was really giving me some feels, like, yeah, to to see that happen. Tasha's back. Like, there's some. I actually enjoyed this season more than I have the previous two so I hope it's not the last I don't we haven't heard of it um if they're renewed yet but I really liked this season so I feel like they're like they're on a roll they're they're heading in the right direction good glad they had their happy ending at least that's mm-hmm. something you know also in the greater Les universe Lee did you see Aubrey Plaza on SNL I saw I haven't watched the clips yet. I've seen like photos and I saw her and um I did I saw that they did the like did you see the kiss nope and things. No, what kiss? There's like she would she did a um it was like a preview to SNL where she was like, I've wanted to do this for a long time. Like I've wanted to be on SNL forever. And then she kisses, I forget who it is, but she she full on just like makes that with one of the cast members. Incredible. It was amazing. There's another sketch where she's a lesbian director on an HIV commercial. Like there's a whole sketch where Megan, you know, like the like creepy doll yeah, Megan. But, yep. It's like gay icon Megan and Aubrey Plaza is the gay icon of Megan. It was Listen, Aubrey one of the gayest like really here to feed the gays these days. And I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, it was great. So I would highly recommend checking it out. I I will. I will check out that. I will check out. Uh, I will catch up on Generation Q at some point. I just I just have to do it. There's just been so many things to watch lately. I, I know there's too much to watch, but it's OK. There also is a new documentary coming out at Sundance. It's only life after all. It is an Indigo Girls documentary. Lee, were you an Indigo Girl Girl? I never really was. I mean, I'm not like against the Indigo Girls, but I. it's not. It was never like a core part of my personality. Mm hmm. I don't know if it was like definitely before my time in a way. But um, what I found really fascinating when I was reading about the Indigo Girls is like the Indigo, the Indigo Girls were so gay before it was cool to be gay. Right. So like I feel like there's a whole thread on the documentary where they're talking about how like just like saying, oh, they like the Indigo Girls was like you knew it was lesbian and like you knew it was like something like almost too gay. And so they dive into that. So I'm curious. Okay, we'll have to check out the documentary. To check it out. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you episode 12 of season six, our next installment of Les Essentials. Les Essentials is a recurring segment on the show where we dive into classic lesbian movies or shows. And don't forget, we are also writing and recording original songs for each of our Les Essentials movies. You're going to want to stick around to the end of the episode for our original song for this episode titled Fool for Me. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Can't wait to hear it. (laughs) And for this Les Essentials, we're talking about the 2016 lesbian film The Handmaiden. 
The Handmaiden is a Korean film. It won the BAFA Award, so the British Academy Film of Film, I believe. Won the BAFA Award for Best Film Not in the English Language. It's directed by Park Chan-wook, inspired by the novel The Fingersmith. Stars Kim Min-hee, Kim Tyree, Ha Jung-woo, and Cho Jin-wong. It is a beautiful piece of cinema. I'm excited yeah. to talk about it. I am as well. I had never watched it, so I this was like my first viewing of it, and I am also excited. I had read The Fingersmith. We're going to get into all of this, but yes. for anyone who's not familiar with the story, here's the IMDb synopsis, which I think is a great in its simplicity and how much it gives nothing away. So the IMDb synopsis is as follows. A woman is hired as a handmaiden to a Japanese heiress, but secretly she is involved in a plot to defraud her. I mean, to be fair, I want to say before we start this that actually I'm happy with this IMDb synopsis because there's some twists and turns to this film. If you want to explore, like if you want to see this movie, yes. those of you listening, Stop I listening would highly now. recommend you actually don't listen to this episode before you watch it. Yeah. I just feel like it's so much better of a movie when you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and now you understand because we, Ellie and I had been talking about this, about this movie about a week ago. I had only watched like the first half. I was still, uh, I was still a little bit into it. And I was saying like, it's really hard for me to decide how I feel about the adaptation until I finish some of the parts of the story that come later. And now you know why. But yeah, I will say for anyone who hasn't seen it, this is going to be spoiler heavy discussion. And if you'd like to experience it fresh for the first time, this go watch it uh, and come back and, you know, we'll we'll dive in when when you're ready. How's that? Yes. And it is available on Amazon Prime, right? I yes. think that's where I watched it. Yeah. yeah. So it's available on Amazon Prime. It's been out for a little while now, right? 2016 is like as of recording this 7 years ago, which is crazy yeah. to think about. <laughs> Time is fleeting. It's um, yes. what's happening? <laughs> what is happening? But definitely worth a watch. People have been recommending this to us for Less Essentials for a while. So that's why we decided we were going to do it this year. We always try to as well, try to have a diversity of the kinds of films we're doing, right? We just did Shira, which is like the complete opposite of this. Right. Like right, right. animated series, like fun, silly adventure. And this is like dark drama. It's all in Korean so and Japanese. So you're going to need subtitles unless yes. you can speak Korean or Japanese. But I don't know, like, this is on one of the levels of, like, Portrait of a Lady on Fire for me. It's, like, mm-hmm. that kind of vibe. But I don't want to say this to Lee. There's okay. some things I like better Uh-oh. than Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, wow. I'm That I'm curious to hear about. It's the bells, and isn't it? <laughs> it's the bells. <laughs> well, it's just, like, the sex scenes to me are more satisfying we mm-hmm, actually have mm-hmm. a happy ending for our couple. Spoiler Listen, alert. I feel like we're going to have a solid like 30 minutes of this podcast just beyond that sex scene. <laughs> oh, yes. It's a lot. Um, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Sorry. But like for a period drama, we still have a happy ending for our leads, which I love. And yeah, I thought that the chemistry between the two leads was really great. And, and you, I was you- like... I had not read the book, book, so I had no clue what was going on. I really went in blind, and that's what I'm saying to everyone. Like, 
if you are going in not knowing what happens, it's like the best way, I think, to experience it. Mm-hmm. So stop. I will continue to say stop listening to this podcast until you as, leave. As we spoil every plot point, Ellie's going to be like, stop listening stop right listening now. right now. Speaking about those plot points, should I, yes, should I walk us through it? Yes, let's do it. Let's run it. Let's run through it. Go? Yes. Okay, so I do know that we have people who listen to these, and we will still have people listening to this who decided not to watch the movie, and that's okay. I'm going to do my best, and I'm going to say this is this is going to be a slightly tricky one to make sure everything is clear because there's like a lot going on. First also, of all, as you sorry, as you say, there's a lot going on. We got an email from a listener for a Les Hangout drinking game, and that's one of the drinking game rules is when we say there's <laughs> I a lot going already. on. I forgot already. I've read that email <laughs> so many times. A, when we say there's a lot going on. So um, if you're participating in the Les Hangout drinking game, okay. drink when drink. Listen, <laughs> that's one of them too, I know. But I, it's... I. I can't Incredible. talk anymore. I, I know. No, no, no. We've it's broken fine. It just, was, it just was cracking me up. Okay. All right. So tell us the synopsis. There's Let's a lot go. going on in this movie. First of all, this movie is told in three parts. Okay. We start in part one. And uh, and this movie is set in Korea. I think it's, it's set in mostly Korea. in Korea. Yes. Right. It is mostly in Korea, and I think they're tr- like they're trying to go to Japan. That's the they're, they're like yeah, and they do, and part of it happens in Japan. Like there's parts yes. towards the end where they end up in Japan, but it's mostly it's mostly in Korea. In what I what do we 1920s? What year do we think this is supposed to be? I feel like I might be. Um, you need we need to look this up for history, like for histor- for historical context. I feel like definitely- I might be pulling that from the book because I think the book is supposed to be set kind of somewhere around there. Oh, no, the book is set in like the 1800s. What am I talking about? Okay, so in 1910, Korea was annexed by the Empire of Japan. Okay. And the country would be considered a part of Japan until 1945. So this is happening somewhere. Somewhere in there. Probably okay. 1920s. Yeah, so to be 20s, accurate. 20s somewhere might be from 1910 right? to 1945. Because it's when... Korea was under a Japanese colonial rule. Okay. So either way, we're in Korea. It's dreary. It's raining. We're at like some sort of, you know, vague orphanage slash like house, a den of thieves, right? And we meet Suki. And Suki is a thief, basically, right? I mean, she kind of works all of these sort of con jobs with people. And she gets picked up for this con job by a guy called the Count, Count Fujiwara. And the Count shows up and he's like, oh my God, I have this great job. There is this lady, Lady Hideko. She lives in this big mansion with her uncle. He's really into books. He's having me do some forgeries of illustrations in these books because he wants to sell them, but he's super into his books and he doesn't want to sell the real books. So we're going to forge the books. And he's like, this... This woman has a fortune, and I'm going to make her fall in love with me and marry her so that I can have this fortune instead of her uncle, who she's engaged to be married to, which already red flags. Red flags everywhere. (laughs) Red flags all over the place. Part of the drinking game is anytime the uncle is a giant perv. So just get ready for us to talk about how disgusting this uncle is throughout the whole yeah, thing. So sta- yeah, so red flag giant thing number one is like, yeah, yep. get engaged to your niece. That's normal. So he's like, okay, so she's engaged to marry this uncle, but clearly he's creepy and that's weird. So I'll make her fall in love with me and she needs a new handmaiden. So you're going to come be her handmaiden, make her fall in love with me and 
and then we'll throw her in a madhouse and take her money and run, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. the whole con. And Suki's like, yes, I'm down. Great. And so she gets packed up, sent out to this mansion, shows up, and everyone in this house is kind of like, oh, that lady, she's crazy. And she's like, okay, great. And then and then proceeds to serve I as love her handmaiden. Crazy. I, I love crazy. She kind of <laughs> does, let's be honest. Like She really does. Crazy does it for her. She goes under the name Tamako while she's there, right? They're like, here's your handmaiden, Tamako, and she's going to take care of you. And so she very clearly just like, you know, quickly falls into line in this part where she's like, okay, taking care of my lady. Here's what I'm doing. You need a bath, running you a bath. You need some cuddles in the night. Got some cuddles in the night. Your tooth is a You need me little... to stick my finger. Yeah, yeah, stick my finger in your mouth. Stick. I'll do that. I can do that too. <laughs> She's like, your tooth is a little sharp. Oh, let me get a thimble and like sensually file that bad boy down for you while yeah. staring at your nipples in a bath. <laughs> a plus. You need to learn how to have sex. I'll teach you. <laughs> Are That's you curious it. what an orgasm is? I am here to help my lady. Yes. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so she's as kind of, as, as you do, listen. <laughs> so that's Suki's whole thing, right? And her whole goal is she's supposed to be talking up the cow. And so she's like, yeah, your toenails are getting longer because you're so hot for the cow. Mm-hmm. That's is how that this thing? works. Yeah, like, is that a thing? Like, it's like your hair grows faster. Your toenails are even longer. I don't know. love makes every part of your body grow. Is yeah, she's a grower, yeah. not a shower over there. Scientifically, scientifically proven. Toenails. Well, <laughs> how do how does a lesbian know that she's in love? Because we can't have long nails. Questions that will remain unanswered by this movie. We'll never know. <laughs> it's we have to trim them every single day. We must be in love. She does. I think she does trim them just about every day, right? Like she's kept busy. Mm-hmm. So yes. so that's her life. She's kind of talking up the count, but also they're sort of like hooking up a lot. And she's getting her second and Tamako, thoughts. Yeah, right? her and her yeah, and yeah. Hideko. Suki. Yeah, yeah. Suki Suki and Hideko. Suki are slash Tamako is with Hideko. Yes. And yes. she's clearly starting to get super jealous of the count. She's like not into this plan as much anymore, but she is like, gotta get that con money, so I have to commit to this, right? And so they do it. They they wait until there's like a week where the uncle is going out of town. And then they, the three of them, like the Count and Hideko and Suki all run away to Japan. They get married. Uh, Lady Hideko and the Count get married. And then they do this whole plot to like throw her in a madhouse. And they go to drop her off and instead the people at the madhouse like grab Suki and are like oh my god it's so weird that she thinks she's a handmaiden and is totally insane poor lady Hideko and like grab Suki and drag her into this madhouse right that's part one part one I just keep going sorry I'm like do you want to talk about each section well do you have some thoughts about how you felt at that point well I was just gonna say like that's why I'm like please don't just watch this movie before listening <laughs> spoilers. to this. Spoilers of Because plenty. I was like, after after part one, I'm like, oh my God, like this movie's gonna be horrible for yeah. the lesbians. Yeah. So that's it. I'm like, that's so depressing. I'm like, she was in love with her and she threw her in a madhouse. Cause the last thing that Suki says too is like something about how like 
she was a bitch. She's like Hideko. Lady Hideko had always been a crazy bitch or something. And then it's like part two. Yeah. Part two. Right. Part two is told from Hideko's perspective. And we get a whole we start with flashbacks. We do a whole lot of flashbacks. So we're basically like rolling the story back to the top. But we're also learning a lot more about Hideko's childhood, which is fucked. Up. Mm-hmm. There's not a strong enough word for me to explain how fucked up this kid's childhood was. So both of these both of these women, like Suki and Hideko, neither of them have, have moms anymore, right? Like both of their moms died while they were young. Lady Hideko, her mom died and she got brought up in this house with her uncle and her aunt relation to her uncle unclear i thought that the aunt was related to the mother i thought it was her mother's sister yes but then how is the uncle like related to all of this right like i don't super get it because he was married to the housekeeper we find out later on yes right so who the fuck is that who was he related to? Unclear. We need a family tree of We this. need a family we tree. Need a family I would tree. really Please like to know exactly how blood related is he to this niece that he's trying to marry? Because honestly, the least problematic thing about this man is probably that he wants to bone his, his niece at this point. So still would like to know how problematic that is. But so what we learn is that Lady Hideko was brought up to read these books, right? Like, we've known that she does these readings for her uncle. She's always wearing these gloves to protect the books. He's got this big library. In part two, we learn a little bit more about his tentacle porn collection. And oh, God. And how, and how he, he introduced... He's basically selling his his niece to all of these men. It's fucking weird. So, like, she basically, from a young, young age, started learning how to read these books that are all super porny like gross porny books and it's hideous and she had an aunt and the aunt was doing the readings and then the aunt was found hanging in a tree which you're like oh no this aunt was so miserable that she hung herself and as if that wasn't bad enough then you find out no she actually didn't she just probably was so miserable that the uncle like fucking killed her in his torture cave well- he killed. I'm pretty sure he killed her because she tried to run. Yeah, something like that. I don't know what's yeah, she going tr- on. She tried to run away, and that's why he says to Hideko at some point, like, "Yeah, oh, he's like, let me bring you to my torture. Let me basement. show you my torture chamber. Let's go to the dungeon, let's, Hideko. Yeah, let's show you what would happen if you run away. So Fuck. she has a horrific childhood where she is trapped in this house with her pervy uncle, reading sex books to to all of these men who then pay her uncle. For her to basically beat the shit out of these men, it's insane. Wait, is that real though? I thought that was a. I thought that was like a fantasy. Oh, you thought that was a fantasy. I thought. That I the, think that's that, them all fantasizing them being in the book. Oh, maybe I thought it right? was real because like, it's because it's what she's reading in the book at that point. It's it's hard to say though. I honestly I can't. I don't know. I thought that like these men paid to then get. But I mean, read, that's also possible. I thought that she read the books and then the uncle had them pay for her to reenact the books with them. I mean, he I would not put anything past this. Man. That's what I He's thought. He's a but, fucking you know. creeper. Yes. So either way, she's doing these erotic readings to like these men who are basically just like, you know, just sitting like rearranging their pants, trying to like, listen to these. 
It's Ugh. so it's so pervy and gross. I hate it so much. Those scenes yep. are so uncomfortable. Just these like sweating men being like, "Uh, I'm too uncomfortably hard to sit here and listen." And you're like, "Uh, no." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's all and it's like it's pervy like old man porn books. They're terrible. So she's reading all these books and the count shows up at some of these readings and he gets her alone, like manages to get her alone to have a conversation and proposes this, gives her an out, basically, right? He's like, hey, are you not into fucking your pervy old uncle? Like, here's an alternative. You could marry me and we'll split your fortune and run away together. And she's like, I can't run away because of the torture dungeon. And he's (laughs) like, (laughs) yep. He's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, torture dungeon where my aunt died. Got, can't can't run away. And so she comes up with this other idea where she's like, what if we find someone, like some poor soul to like just trade toss- identities with? Yeah, yeah. like toss someone into a no one, nobody will miss. Poor Suki. Poor Suki. I know. So she's like, find me a dupe and uh, and let's make this happen. I love so- how too, like when they're talking, they're basically like, find the dumbest person you can find. <laughs> and then they're like, it's Suki. I mean, and to be fair, Suki, like for all that she spends the whole beginning, like all of part one is Suki being like, how naive is Lady Hideko? Like she would li- believes anything you tell her. Like even if a man was like pulling on her nipples, she wouldn't know what he wanted. And you're like, dude, yeah. this woman reads like the hardest porn on the weekly and like, <laughs> yeah, like is she's playing, playing you this for an time. absolute fucking idiot. And this you- is basically like if Hustlers was set in... <laughs> Korea. Yeah, in Korea. And was actually gay. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I mean, they are basically like, at least one of them is. this much. (laughs) One of them is basically an escort. Oh, but she's so, she's like so wide eyed and like bushy tailed for someone who's like, I'm a, I'm a, you know, forged in fire con man and and I'm out here doing a con job. And you're like, you are like the little most She's, starry-eyed yes. like gaby I've ever seen. She's just like, boobs, what's even happening around me? <laughs> she's what? like, boobs and she's dressing me? Yeah. <gasps> oh my God, oh my yeah. God, I'm in love. Yeah, it's a lot. So, so Hideko, like Suki shows up and then the Count and Hideko are basically like just two time and Suki left and right, right? Like they're just being like, okay, we got to make her believe that this is what's going on so that we can throw her in this madhouse. But meanwhile, Hideko is also falling in love with Suki, with Suki because Hideko is like so fucking gay. It's painful, right? <laughs> I mean, she literally like that's why the count is like, the Count's like, so I'll never be able to have sex with you, right? No. And she's like, never in a million years. He's like, okay, then. Okay, great. Let me propose this alternative. <laughs> yeah, because, <laughs> and I I swear to God, I think one of my favorite 
scenes in this whole movie because you you meet the count when he shows up and he's like he's like oh my god any woman in this house would like fall into bed with me right he's like these women are tripping over themselves to like get on this dick except for one and it's lady hideko like she doesn't have any interest in me and you're like yeah because lady hideko only pops a sweat when she's reading about lesbians from all of her uncle's Mm -hmm. porny novels right they have this scene where like they keep having these rolling blackouts at the house and she's in the middle of a reading and all the lights are turning off and she's like that's okay because i'm reading the lesbian story so i can recite it from memory from memory (laughs) she don't worry i remember every word yeah she closes her eyes and she just gets a little hot and bothered during the reading for a change because she's telling this story about these lesbians and the silver bells they're popping up their vajayjays and then like tinkling them together and she's having a grand old time like she's (laughs) she really that that story really sticks with her yeah super into it so hideko super fucking gay and and she's basically just being like, oh, Suki, I'm so innocent. What do men like in bed? Do they like to kiss? What is kissing like? And then she's like, yeah, suck face. Okay, great. And then she's like, oh, my God, do more things that men like in bed to me, Suki. I just really need to know what they are. I don't know what anyone would do in bed. Also, let's fucking scissors. She's like, I just don't know what people <laughs> might be into. Get your That's head down so there, true. Suki. Use some yeah, tongue. Yeah. Okay, I just, mm, what else might they be into, like, Let's just what what other things can we try out? <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like a serious role play for Hideko, it's right? Like Hideko so is role playing her entire life. It's so funny. She's just like, I'll be I'll be sweet and innocent for you, Suki. Yeah, do it like, like the count the- would do it. Touch me like the count would touch me. Keep touching me. How else would he touch yep. me? Where else? Yep. Show me where. <laughs> with that what parts of good. his body would he touch my body? Show me with yours. <laughs> That scene was good, and we see it twice. Yes, and you and you get so much more the second time around too. Because I'm sorry, but when you get to see it from Hideko's perspective and like how much sex they had, like, <laughs> yep, it seems it's even more insane that Suki was like, "Oh, this naive lady she's who so doesn't naive. know the ways of the world," and she's like, "You must just be a natural," and you're like, "You literally." had sex in like 15 different positions you you're like dozens of orgasms her korean kama sutra and was like so this one yes (laughs) like literally she's just like wow it's weird how good you are at this (laughs) but i have no idea i've never done this before i've never tried this um it's like it makes it so much more comical that Suki managed to like still think in her head that she's like, oh, what a naive woman. Like, Suki, dude. Like, I know. Well, and the whole she's part like fucking riding right? you three ways from Sunday, and you're just like, I wonder where you learned all of this. What kind of books is she reading with her uncle? You do not even know. Oh, my God. You do God. not even know. It's no, and then insane. after this, because we see this entire thing from, we saw it from Suki's perspective. Then we see from Hideko's and you're like, Suki, you idiot. Like Hideko's literally trying to be like, so I'm in love with you. Can you give me something back? And she knows that Suki, like Hideko already knows that Suki is trying to fuck with her. So then she's like trying to be like, I'm trying to give you a moment here to come clean. It's like so painful. Yeah. So so we work our way back to the same madhouse drop off, right, where they take Suki away. And now you're like, okay, now I've seen it from Hideko's perspective of like, oh, you were in on the con the whole time. 
the con was all about Suki the entire time, and now Suki's in this madhouse. And you're like, oh, wow, this story still sucks for the lesbians. No, part right? two, we, no, no, part two, we see different. The end oh, of do part we see two, the ending in part two? I thought it was when part no, three starts. No, the end of part two, she says, oh, I love you, Suki, or like, you know, basically, she's like, I just wish there was some, what if I love someone else? But, and then she goes, and she goes to hang herself. And Suki oh, that's takes at her the down. very end of part two. Yeah. Okay. 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 And Suki takes her down. That's the end of part two. And then she's like, "I'm so sorry. I love you. Like, I want to be with you. I'm yeah, so sorry." Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. she she comes clean. And then Hideko's like, "All right, here's the deal. I've been in on this the whole time. Now let's screw well, and let's, with okay, the Okay. So let's so let's talk about that scene because yeah, she. She goes to hang herself in the tree like her fucking aunt. And that moment where she drops herself and Suki's like catches her little Holding legs. Holding her. And she's like, don't Oof. die, don't die, don't die. Like, oh, my I know. feelings were a lot. And especially because Hideko is like so emotionless. Like she's such a she's such a blank slate, you know? Um, and so yeah, she's so they, had to be. I mean, girl went through so much trauma. Well, there's a fucking like just like freight train of trauma behind both of them let's be honest so so yeah so then oh and i love the scene i love this when you get to see them deciding to like take control Mm -hmm. of the narrative and also because this was it was interesting for me watching this it's been a long time since i read the books but this is where the story diverges from the book actually up until now like it's you know there's there's some differences obviously with like the setting and stuff like that but most of the story up until this point had followed fingersmith and this is the point where it changed and i actually super like the change that they did in the in the movie i like wait so what was in the book in the book, they throw they throw her in a madhouse, uh, and that's it. And that's it. And then what you find out the whole third part. Maybe I should talk about it after because it's going to get very confusing. But it's basically yeah. you learn that there was actually this whole plot with like the woman who ran the orphanage and like switched identities and like it's very it gets very convoluted and I don't remember all of it but but the third part is totally different in the book than it is in the story. No happy ending for our lesbians. It is it does still kind of get to a happy ending but it's a lot more like unraveling and baggage to get there because mm. because in the book she basically did. I mean in the book the they have different names but in the book Hideko threw her in the madhouse and was just like this is my ticket out like here I yeah. go and takes it and and then she gets double like triple quadruple crossed again it's hard to keep track at this point of who's crossing who she gets double crossed again by the count and by the orphanage woman and is like a, a kidnapped like hostage at the orphanage like it's all very confusing so so in the movie that's not what happens in the movie (laughs) it's not what happens in the movie in the movie the two of them actually kind of get to like take control of their own narrative and they're like they come clean to each other and they're like we can we can get out of this like we can find our own way out we're gonna we're going to double cross triple cross whichever the count because like fuck that guy anyways he's terrible um and so they decide to double cross the count and so then you get to see this whole story of like their actual escape from the uncle's house and i fucking love it well yes because so much we've seen in part two right all the like trauma that these books have caused right and they're in the library and suki is just like 
destroying these books. Well, like, so fuck these books. So one thing is Suki can't you. read, right? Like we learn it early on. Suki yes. does not know how to read. And so she's never seen these books. She doesn't even need to know how to read because the first one she opens is literally this woman getting like, you know, absolutely destroyed by a fucking squid. I like it is it is tentacle porn to the max. And she's like mm-hmm. She yeah, she realizes she's like, This is what your uncle has you reading all the time. And like she goes full like Dyke and Shining Armor. She's like, I'm here to save your honor, my lady. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. And she got like watching her destroy all those fucking books, so cathartic. Like so good. So well, I good. know that's also like the point where like Hideko already was in love, but she's like, damn. Hideko like- is like fucking just Yep. creaming herself on the side <laughs> there. She's like, I'm sorry, her yep. voiceover during that scene where she's like, my Tamako, my Suki. And I'm like, you you my just, savior. you had an orgasm over there. Like, it's, we know it. You're just, yeah. Yes. We see yes. what's happening. And because she is, she's so fucking sweet. Like, Suki's there. She's ripping up all the books. She's tossing them in the water. She's like wreaking destruction everywhere she goes. She's like, fuck your uncle. Fuck his books. And mm-hmm. and then they go to like run away and they have to like climb up on a wall at some point. And she's like, oh, let me get down and like build you a little staircase out of suitcases. And like Hideko cannot They're keep so it in her cute. pants. Let's just mm-hmm. be real. Right. They are so cute. And then, I mean, after part two, like you see part one differently as well. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, it's just so satisfying. Yes. To have not known what was going to happen. Yeah. And then you're like, like even like there's certain parts in part one that. Like, there's parts where Suki is, like, listening in on... Actually, maybe that's in part three that we see that again. She, like, hears them having sex, the Count and Hideko. That's in part three. Um, and it's, like, not... We see listening to them in part one. Part we one. We see the, the Hideko side of it in part three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, even still, like, there's, like, other parts where, like, you see them, like, stealing kisses mm-hmm. and, like... And then you're like, wait, but then why would you put her in the asylum? And now you're like, yeah, it all makes makes sense sense. because their whole plan is to fucking drug the count and leave him there for the uncle's men to pick up. And the uncle, he is not pleased. He ain't happy. Mm -mm. He's he's cutting fingers off left and right. He's like, now that I've cut your fingers off, can you also tell me what it was like to fuck my niece? Like in detail, please. And you're like, Jesus fuck this guy is not well in the head no no he's well before you see that before you see that section we also see how they fuck over the count which is that the count now also just like being i don't know i just feel like i liked i loved this film for like the men were disgusting but also like they just like really like rip these men a new asshole right like where it's like this man is so arrogant is so, like, just, like, he's even more of an idiot than Suki. Because at this point, he's like, I'm in love with you, Hideko. And oh, she's he like, wants, oh. He wants to bone her so bad mm-hmm. that he, like, he can't see straight. Literally, yeah. he wants to have sex with her so badly that she drugs the shit out of him. And he does not realize. And she doesn't. she never has to sleep with him. He, he pulls his pants down. And collapses from opium that yeah. he gave to her. Also, yeah. he gave her that opium to like be like, here, you can trust me. Here's some opium. If things go sideways, you can kill yourself. 
And then she uses that opium that he gave her to yeah. drug him. And take all and, of her her own money, first of all, yeah. that he had taken from her. And then leave disguised as a man yes. with her lesbian lover. And again, it's like, listen, when a woman shows up with like a glass of wine for you and just like keeps shoving it into your hands and is like, please drink up. And then it's like, I'm drinking all of my wine. Why don't you drink your wine? And then you're still not drinking your wine. And so she's like, I'm going to pour this wine into my mouth and then mama bird it <laughs> into your mouth until it's you fucking drink poison. the glass of wine I got you. Like maybe, fellas, don't drink the wine. Just mm-hmm. an idea. Might be laced with opium. Just a thought. Don't drink the just wine. Just a thought. She's for sure wants- roofying you, and you're just like, oh, it's so hot when you spit wine into my mouth from your mouth. Ooh, yeah, love it. That's why I'm saying like, it's such a just like indictment of men. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> men do not look good in this film. I no. think that might be one of the things I love the most about it is like, there's no good man in this movie. No. There's not yeah. many good people, but the lesbians make out okay, and so I'm happy with it. So, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, so, yeah, so, so then so- they, they both die, the Count and... The Count and Uncle Kazuki both die because both the die. Count then ends up killing the Count, killing the uncle and himself in the process. Yes. Because same thing, the uncle is also arrogant and an idiot. Yes. Um, and <laughs> also, like, I think all of the blood in his body was otherwise occupied with trying to imagine boning his niece at that point. Um, and so he didn't have any left for, like, a rational thought, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like... Maybe don't give your prisoner a cigarette too light. Also, he smoked like six cigarettes, right? So basically he kills them because he has, I don't know what, like magnesium Mercury. Mercury Mercury. laced. uh, Yeah, yeah. Mercury laced cigarettes that he's just like chain smoking in this fucking torture dungeon windowless basement that slowly is killing both him and, and the uncle. But yeah, the uncle is just like, Tell me what her vagina was like. What about her secretions? What consistency were they while he's like slowly choking to death? And you're just like, sir, <laughs> sir, Dis- please. Disgusting. It's And then we so have a happy gross. ending for our lesbian lovers. I fucking they... love Hideko in her little like little co- band cosplay. Her mm-hmm. little her little mustache well, they're like, and top hat. They will never escape. They'll be looking for two women and it's like Jokes on you, she's dressed as a man. Oh, she's so fucking cute as a little dude. And then they escape on a boat, and then they shove some bells up each other, and then they have sex, and that's great. And that's it. Little silver silver bells bells ringing across the moonlit sky. And you just know. Merry Christmas. Nothing, nothing (laughs) could get Hideko off more than that. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. She's and like, it's just finale. like I've always dreamed it when reading this story. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. she's on cloud fucking nine, that girl. So so yeah, so they sail away to to freedom and and uh you know live laugh lesbians. I don't know if that's what they're live laugh lesbians. <laughs> that's but what, that's what I'm saying. So those are after you know recapping our story. Those were like a few a few of the things that I really liked about this movie were like I said. Just like not knowing what was going to happen and mm. seeing it unravel. I remember reading the book the first time and it, yeah, you're just like every time you're like, what? what? And then you get to like the next reveal and you're like, what? So mm-hmm. I imagine it was fun to watch the movie going in completely cold, like with no. Yes. And like every time something new, like 
Like, I feel like it just, it was perfectly paced for me. Like, it's like sort of a lengthy movie, but well paced. Like some longer movies, I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh my God, this is so long and I'm bored. I feel like there's like enough up and down and like different points where I'm like, oh, that's interesting that I was like into it the whole movie. So I appreciated that. And then let's talk about, as I always love to talk about, our lesbian sex scene. It's fucking off the chain. This lesbian sex scene is <laughs> unreal. Like, mm-hmm. unreal. Because um, they do not shy away, man. They don't from shy away from anything. anything. Yeah. We get full nudity. We get Suki going down on Hideko. Like, that scene, did, I'm pretty sure there's, like, a camera angle of, like, yeah. you just see her c- coming up for her tongue first. Yeah. Which I will say is the only <laughs> part of the sex scene that for me I like could not get into. Like I just the the her face when she's sticking her little tongue out like that. I was just like I can't do it. I can't take this seriously. It's like the angle. It's the yes. angle because you're just like what? It's a little disorienting where it's coming from. Like yeah. it's too that that two face that angle didn't work for me. The one that did work for me though is where you get Hideko's. The POV shot of Hideko looking down her own body with Suki's head between her legs. And I was just like, well, okay then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they fucking go for it, man. They go like, for it. I was impressed at the like I I totally get what you're talking about with comparing to Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I get it. Because that's fair. This is a better sex scene than we get in that movie. Yeah, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, we get, like, like I, we get, like, nothing. Yeah, you get the we fade get to black, s- right? Like, Yeah, which, ugh. You, you get a little bit of a fade to black. This fades to nothing. <laughs> this is, like, yes. here's... I, how long is that scene, honestly? That's what I'm looking up right now. Like, that scene is long. And... It comes back. Yeah. So we have like a long-ish sex scene to start. Like the part one sex scene is like less long. than. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. The part two sex scene, right? Yes. I feel like the part one sex scene really focuses on like the kissing and then she's like, she says something about like, will the count be as gentle as you or whatever? And you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And then it fades to black, I think, after Suki's going in to go down on her, right? Yeah. In part one. It's a full four minutes. It's a solid four minute long sex scene. In part two, right? In part two. Or even in part one. Yeah, yeah. In part two. And then in part two, 
We get like so much more. We get we get like scissoring. We get like no, no. That's what I'm saying. On. In part two, it's four. It's four yes. full minutes of like yeah. full on fucking. Like they mm-hmm. are. And yep. I, I mean, listen. It. Like I, we've we've watched a lot of movies. We've l- watched many seasons of the L Word. Like we're not shy here. But like I was surprised at this movie. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah, I'm like wow, she's. Your her nipples in full in your mouth. There you go. You're going to town on that bad boy. Your tongue's <laughs> you're you. down. You're down there, man. You're like going. You're, you're working for it. They're like they're fucking scissoring like their lives depend on it. <laughs> like it's just it is. There's like good. and and even like the the sound like the soundtrack like the not the soundtrack the the I'm sound like, effects I, the moaning here the, the no the moaning is the not even dialogue. what I'm talking about. I want to know what fucking folio team had to go in and make like the wet slapping sounds during mm-hmm. their scissoring whole <laughs> montage because I'm like. Wow. Wow. Yep. That's happening. Yep. That's going. Oh my god, I forgot too. At one point they also 69. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, they do. I forgot that too. Wow, we there's just there's a whole lot of positions. Listen, I feel like that seat you could have like a four minute primer for like new lesbians on like what do you women do in bed it's like mm-hmm. just watch this scene i don't know like there you cover a lot of the bases <laughs> a lot here. a lot of bases a lot of different positions and i feel like there have been people online who have compared this to the blue is warmest color sex scene i need to watch blue is warmest color again and i think we're gonna do it for a patreon episode but like to me i remember watching the blue is warmest color sex scene like and it was almost comical yeah. to me like i was like this is too long and like too like it was like let's literally do everything we possibly can right and this one yes it was like let's do everything we possibly can but it it, it, it made felt, sense like it the felt progress- natural it felt right? real it felt like the progression of the sex was like a natural progression yeah yeah like is it <laughs> it bad to be like it felt like a like a normal like when you're you know like your honeymoon phasing or like your yes. first you know your first yes. couple times where you're yes. like ev- let's do everything yes where you're let's like, go oh, all what night. if we try this yeah, what if we like, did this right. yeah like we're we're here like yeah. we have hours like and let's do something and they're new both, like super yeah. fucking into it and you're just mm-hmm. like yeah dude yeah you're gonna you're gonna have like six to eight hours <laughs> That's yep. what you're gonna be doing tonight. That's fine. That that feels right. Yes. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And then let's talk about. Okay. So that's like the sex scene. I do want to say there's also like because this was in 2016. It's also directed by a man. Yes. So we also have to think about like this is a sex scene from the male gaze. But well, still, I don't know. Okay. No, no, no. Here's here's the thing. This scene, the the part two scene for me was was less male gazy. And it's hard to get away fully from it, but it was less yeah. male gazy to me. The part three one when they're on the boat, when they're in that little- With the bells. With the green <laughs> chaise like, that they're on and the bells. And and it's not even the bells that I have a problem with. I'm like, fine, like, go to town with your fucking bells, dude. I don't care. Like, jingle your little bell vag together. I, whatever you got to do. <laughs> the thing that got to me was the 
framing of because again it's it's the same okay i will explain because we did mulholland drive as a patreon episode so for anyone who hasn't listened to it mulholland drive my big problem is that i'm like who who, what lesbians are getting into bed and just like kneeling fully upright against each other like boobs forward boobs first being like oh this is i'm so into this like it's that's not comfortable nobody gets it's definitely not comfortable i definitely feel like that's a scene that's like a movie sex scene where they're like let's make sure we get both of your bodies in the frame so everyone knows what's happening here yeah yeah tableau visual yeah yeah, but it's not accurate because you get the mirroring and the two of them they're they're fully in the middle of the frame you've got these two green chairs and the two porthole windows and like yeah sure it looks great but also i had a really hard time and then they're like then the only the thing i didn't like about the bells is they're like okay i gotta stick the bells in your mouth first to like lube them up and then i then they had to how far apart do you think their bodies right like this the the leaning in to like insert mm-hmm. the bells into each other and i'm like your hips are like a full four feet apart from each other right now like they are they are like full arm length away each of them Trying like to get those reaching bells over in, yeah. to like shove these little the bells angles not yeah. up each angles other and i was like that is not how anybody would do this like this Mm-mm. looks so awkward and uncomfortable that's not how that works. And so that scene kind of didn't do it as much for me. I did. I but liked the when they two. faded to the moon and you get the little j- bell jingles because that j- I fucking cracked up. Like that just <laughs> killed me. And you're like, to end and on that. scene. And scene. And what a fucking great ending to a movie is just like scissor bells. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> scissor bells. <laughs> scissor bells. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, how many it's Christmas carols can we rewrite? Time in Korea. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was Christmas time for for Lady Hideko. I it think, was but no, that that was the yeah. one to me that was like very male gazy. It was very yeah. Like, well, and then I want to talk about like some of the other scenes too. So like we have that sex scene, but then like we need to talk about like all of the tent. Like this is yet another masterclass in tension. Like the the fucking like period piece tension scenes, oh, right? Yeah. We have like a scene where she's like undressing her, right? Classic. But the scene that really got me was the the nail file in the mouth. It's she is taking a bath. Hideko is taking a bath, and Suki is bathing her, right? And she's like, "Oh, my tooth is too sharp," and so Suki takes out a thimble. And just, like, starts, like, slowly fingering her tooth. Oh, yeah. While the camera zooms in. Yeah. On Hideko's nipples. And they're, and they're both, like, breathing Breathing so heavily. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sexiest tooth filing you'll ever watch. I've ever seen. Yeah. Ever. Like, to be fair, though, I was, I was into it. Yeah, yeah. They sell it. Was it was sexy. They sell, they're making it work. It was sexy. But they're I was making just like, that scene work for them. What is happening? Yeah. Like, just heaving as she's like, file, 
file, file. Yeah. Like, well, and because you know what I love is like when you watch it, when you watch the scene happen the first time, because it's in part one, so you're watching it from Suki's side, and all you know at this point is Suki's narrative that she has in her head of like, oh, this naive idiot who like doesn't know the ways of the world, haha, right? And you're watching Suki be like, oh my god, like she doesn't even understand, and like, whoa, look at her nipples in this bath, and she's just like chilling naked in this bath with these flower petals all over the place, and like, why am I sweating? what's happening <laughs> right and then we when know you're you... sweating girl <laughs> both of them sweat a lot like both of them are they're like having some trouble then when you watch it again from Hideko's side and Hideko like can't the second Suki shows up like she cannot keep it in her pants like Suki mm-hmm. shows up the first fucking night and she's like oh let me get undressed to get into my bed and Hideko's like in the fucking little hole that she has in the wall watching being, like, her yeah, she's like, oh, naked lady. Yeah, like, she's a she's, pretty girl. She's <laughs> fucking creeping on her so hard. And then she's like getting in the bath just, and she's like, oh, do you want to get in? And then like Suki starts tripping down and she's like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why am I feeling these feelings? Like she is, she's Wait, so they're both naked in the bath together? For this girl, like it's crazy. Wait, I forgot they were both, they're both naked in the bath together at some point. They're not, but it's just like, there's another point where she, uh, where she's like, oh, like, do you want to get in? And like Suki just like, f- just, you know, like fully starts stripping and she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they just like, the two of them are so Gay into panicking. each other. Do we, yeah. Do we think that Hideko has done this before? I don't. You feel like it's a first time, but she yes. still knows a bunch of shit because she's been reading these books since she was yes. like 11. I, because she has, she's led like the most sexualized I mean, sheltered... life, but sterile. But I'm saying like she had other handmaidens. Yeah, but I don't get the impression that she ever went there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I. I don't think she did. And that's why I think that sex scene is so fucking funny to me because I really do think that she was just like, let's do this. this She's like, this is <laughs> I've happening. been waiting my whole life for this. Yeah. This is fucking Christmas day for Lady Hideko because I don't think she had. Like, I don't think she's ever had other people around, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think this was like her. She was like, I am not throwing away my shot. Here we go. <laughs> She's like, if I do have to leave, if I do have to put, like, do we feel like there's a moment? Because she tries, she like tries to seduce Suki from the beginning, right? Like, do we think her seducing Suki was part of the plan? I think Suki showed up and was hotter than she anticipated and she couldn't keep it in her pants. That's mm-hmm. what I think. Because I feel like there's like no, like, you wouldn't be trying to seduce this this idiot. Like, because you already knew, Hideko already knew. Yeah. Right? Hideko already knew that Suki was there to trick her. And the Count said to keep Suki occupied with rich things. Like, there's a point where she's, like, showing her, like, puts her jewels on her and puts her clothes on her. That, I feel like, was part of, like, the Count and Hideko's plan. The sex, I'm like, girl, that was not part of the plan. <laughs> that was step nothing in the count's plan. Yeah, like this. you just made that up. Yeah. Like you were like, you know what? If I'm going to have to leave and put this girl in a madhouse, like I might as well sleep with her first. Right. She's like, okay, I've got it, count. We're going to trick her with jewelry, synchronize our watches, put her tongue in my vagina. Got it. Okay, great. <laughs> great. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I 
never told you to do that. Yeah. No, here's what I think. I think a couple things. One, I think she had it bad for Suki. I think she was just like, wow, she's hot. Yeah, From I'm the beginning. It. Yeah, yeah. I also think, I honestly think she was a little into the fact that Suki was kind of stupid, right? Because she, she, it like flips it on its head because you've had this whole thing. You're, you build this narrative with Suki in part one where she's like, oh, Lady Hideko, she's so naive and innocent and stupid. And then what you realize is like, no, man, Suki, like you just are such a moron. Like you can't see anything that's <laughs> happening around you. And I think Lady Hideko, I think Hideko had a fucked up life. And so I think to her, this kind of like chivalrous, naive, wide-eyed person like really appealed to her you know where Mm -hmm. she's like oh like yeah she's like double crossing me but also she's like taking care of me in this like really sweet and charming kind of way right like and then she just she fell in love yeah she's like she's so like she is a a little white knight lesbian right like she's just i know she like once sookie really does fall in love with hideko she really is just like no, like the count is can't take advantage of her and she's just like she's pissed. Yeah. There's that scene when so the count is like, "Oh, I need to like get Lady Hideko alone." And so he's like, "We're going to go out on a walk in the countryside and like do some painting." And then they get out there and he's like, "Oh, did you bring the watercolors, Suki?" And she's like, "Yes, of course." And he's like, "I actually think oil painting today. Why don't you go run back to the house and get them?" And Suki fucking like recreating <laughs> the Greek so marathon fast. like she runs so fucking hard like no lesbian has ever hauled ass as fast as this lesbian (laughs) she's like she's like must get back before she kisses this man because she's like i can't let him do i can't let him have her right and she is like fucking booking it to the house and back and she's like (sighs) huffing and puffing with all of her little art accoutrements back up and she's like my lady lady hideko like sprinting up this fucking mountain in the countryside to like go and find her because she yeah like she is just like you can tell even if she thinks that she's like you know double crossing her like she's you know that she's she's having second thoughts through this whole thing and you can tell because she just like she cannot she cannot rein in this protectiveness and I feel like Hideko is a person who hasn't had a lot of protection in her life from her creepy squid fucking uncle. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that that really works for her. I know. She just, yeah, she does. She wants her dyke in shining armor. And that is Suki. And that is Suki. And she's so no. into it. And I just like, I think that's the thing is like that. I don't know why that one line, that one scene where she's like, when she's climbing up the little um suitcase steps that she built. And she's like, my Suki. And I'm like, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so into it. Like they're just they're yeah. so fucking but cute. But they are. I- they're so sweet. And one of the things I really like about this movie is like they're so sweet. We get a happy ending, thank God. And like we it's like male-centered to a point, right? The count is like I a lot in hate it. The count. Right? But like the men have horrible ends. Yeah. Right? The men are dead and also like had 
Like, even though, like, we thought maybe Hideko had slept with the Count, she literally never sleeps with the Count. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we get this point where, um, with that I was talking about earlier, with part three, where you see that, like, their wedding night, quote unquote, when she felt like, when she had to consummate the marriage, mm-hmm. she, like, what does she do? She cuts herself so that there'll be blood there. Yeah. Because in part one, we see, we hear her, like, moaning having an orgasm, I feel like basically. she rubs one out and then yeah like cuts her hand to like put some blood yeah. on the mattress she does something. she literally masturbates yeah cuts herself for the blood to go down and like if you see it in part three like it hits so different part one you're like oh poor Suki like Hideko really did betray her and like falls in love with the count like every other like lesbian fucking movie we've yeah. seen and we're like damn little lesbian Suki gets screwed and we're like, no, actually, Hideko is like, there's no way I'm touching you. But, like, we have to make this convincing. So, like, just watch me while I masturbate and I'm going to cut myself yeah. for the blood. <laughs> uh, like, I would rather slice my hand open than sleep with a man. Like, that's how gay this woman is. Yeah. And I love it. Yes. This is, love I feel like the thing, my favorite thing I think about this movie is that it's really a movie where, like, at every reveal, it feels like every twist in this movie is like, and actually, the lesbians stay winning. And you're like, yay. <laughs> yay. <laughs> like, hooray. I was like, I was nervous that the lesbians were losing. And then you're like, never mind. Never mind. Suki gets, goes into the madhouse and then she escapes the madhouse yeah. because... What even happens? Um, they, her friends they, save her, right? Like yeah, the- they stage a whole thing where, like, they um, Hideko had written back to the woman at the orphanage that Suki lived at, and they like staged this whole like fire rescue. It was very, you know, what it was. It was like very Ocean's Eleven or Ocean's. Mm-hmm. What was the first Ocean's movie? Yeah, yeah, it was very Ocean's Eleven, where they like dress as the like fire brigade right and then like break her out that way like that's what it felt like is they're like oh we're all we're like gonna set a fire and then we all come in in our fire out fireman outfit and like we're here to save the day and then they just like sneak her out with them yes it was very much so yeah it's perfect like literally every single turn you're right it's like lesbians win lesbians lesbians win win. count count as his pants down count gets his fingers cut off oh man count Count gets killed by his own mercury poisoning. Yeah. The uncle loses all of his books and dies. Like, they both are have no, like, they're dead, so it doesn't really matter. But, like, they don't get any of Hideko's fortune. Yeah. Like, Hideko gets to keep all of her fortune and share it with Suki. Like, happy ending all around. I'm happy here for it. Happy ending all around. And it's just, like, it's visually, it's also beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, great movie. Great acting. Like, the the only thing I will say, and this is when we were talking about it last week, what I was trying not to say because you hadn't seen it, and I was like, I really need to see Hideko's side. Because the only thing that I had a little hard time with, in especially in part one, because, I mean, it's not a short book. Like, this is not a short story to adapt. And, um, and there's, like, a lot to have happen, is that... Some of the development of the two of them falling in love, especially in part one for me, was a little rushed. Um, I had I was having a hard time with the 
with Suki's progression from like, I'm here to defraud this rich woman. And she's like, I'm here. She's fucking crazy. I'm filing her tooth. We're having sex. And I was like, whoa. Well, <laughs> like <laughs> this took a real quick turn around here. And like that part still, I think, felt a little fast to me because even with the narration there's a lot it's very narration heavy which it has to be because you have like it's really hard to do a movie from multiple different characters perspectives if you don't have a running internal monologue of what their thoughts are but even with that like there's just not as much time in a movie to do as much of the development of somebody's feelings as you had in the book you know, and it it did feel a little fast to me. That part still felt a little fast. And actually, part two worked better for me. Hideko's like because you've already gotten to see so much of it that you can spend a little bit more time on watching her experience these events and watching her like, you know, get to like learning about Suki and falling for her. And like that worked a little better for me. And I feel yeah. like it did make up for it somewhat of like. Well, that's why I feel like the like the twists made sense. Yeah. Like I I agree. Like part one to me, but like watching part one to me wasn't as much like was was almost like disorienting and confusing on purpose. Where it's like yeah. I wasn't like after part one, I wasn't like wow, but I thought they were in love. I was like, oh okay, I guess right. that makes sense, right? Like I bought in. To the fact that, like, oh, okay, yeah, Hideko was playing her. Damn. Right? Like, because they they didn't have as strong of a foundation yeah. for part one. Well, and what I liked about it is that, like, again, the, the thing I liked in terms of the, the deviation from the story of the book is in the book, like, you really do. You have one character who is, like, to the end is, like, I am throwing this rich lady in a madhouse. And you have the other character who is like, yep, gonna throw you under the bus to get out of here and throw you in the madhouse. And they both do. And Mm -hmm. I feel like when you watch it in the movie, you know, like when you watch part one and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe Suki is going through with this. And like and you don't know yet that they've actually been plotting this whole thing together since they left the, the mansion, you know, and it's like and you do it like. It makes you think a little less of Suki in some ways when you don't of know. Of Hideko, you mean? Yeah. Uh, no, no, of Suki. No, because Hideko put her in. Oh, because at the but, end. Yeah, but, you're right. But when you because get Suki to the end thought, of part one, yeah, because, you think because that Suki, Suki thought. Yeah, Suki thought, thought it was going to be Hideko. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? She was so like, like, I'm still going through with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so you you're think right, less right. of Suki. And then you start learning about Hideko. And it initially makes you think a little bit less of Hideko the whole time. Because you're like, wow, I can't believe you're like, you know, fucking so hard up for this girl and you're still gonna throw her in a madhouse but then you like watch them both actually be like I can't go through with it and they don't do that in the books and they do kind of like work their way back out of some of this baggage eventually but like it's so much harder when they both really followed through with the with their respective mm-hmm. cons, each of them, like, in their own heads, at least, through to the end and I kind of actually really like the change of having them both be like I can't do it Yep. You know, I'm like, oh, that's good why for it you is. Girls. Twist that shit on its head. Yeah. Lesbians are really just fucking over the men, and we're good with that. And the men all deserve it because they're fucking terrible. Yes. Anything else you want to talk about about this film before we move on to our Q and A? 
No, I liked it. I I I was a big fan. Um Yes. I thoroughly enjoyed the watch. I really did. Yeah. So I hope that all of you who have watched this, who have listened to this episode, have actually watched the movie. <laughs> if not, stop listening. Ellie, wait. Are we gonna are we gonna talk about some spoilers? Stop listening now. If you've gotten through this entire episode, stop listening immediately. No. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it had it hit a lot of the points that I like in a lesbian film. Yeah. Chemistry, sex scenes, and happy, happy endings. endings. That's like, why is that all? That's literally all I need. I don't ask for much. Yeah. That's it. What a fucking bang and sex scene. (laughs) Seriously. I will probably watch that sex scene on its own. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I would. Yeah, it was good. All right. (laughs) On that note, let's go into our Q and gay. I'm so ready. Q. 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 And. Gay. Question number one. What's your favorite part of The Handmaiden? A part one, B part two, or C part three? Oh, I, you know, I'm going to have to say part two. I find part two so satisfying to watch. I really like the 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 twist reveal of getting to see Hideka's whole side. I love part two has that has that sex scene in it. So like part three is great. I love the happy ending. But part two, that's that's where it's at for me. Question two, Ellie. Have you read The Fingersmith? A, yes, B, no, or C, not yet, but I want to. So I'm going to say B, no. It's like, I want to, but also like, is it sort of ruined for me because I've seen this movie? Do you know what I mean? I I don't know. I still think it's, it's worth a read. I enjoyed the book. It's a good read. Yeah. Then not yet. Okay. All right. Question number three. What would you be best at during a con? A, stealing, B, lying, or C, disguises? Ooh. Is it bad if I say lying? No, I feel like you've We're said this. We're both good actresses. I feel like you've said this before, Lee. Like, you're a good liar. It's very dangerous. We're good. I think you and I are both good mm-hmm. good actresses. We were so. um, at our, holi- at our um, family Christmas party. <laughs> we... I've told you about the grab before, but in the, in the stupid grab that we do with the most random thing, we got a breathalyzer. And we were testing everyone. And I literally give it to my brother. And I'm like, how much have you had to drink? He's like, nothing. Like, I've had no alcohol today. Like, I'm good. And I was like, okay, here. He was off the charts on the breathalyzer. And he was so <laughs> convincing. I was like, damn, you are too good of a liar. This is bad. Yeah. <laughs> so runs in the family. That's all. There you go. Yep. I'll never trust him again. Mm-mm. I didn't trust him to begin with, but love you, brother. <laughs> Okay, question four, Ellie. What's your favorite Suki and Hideko scene? A, the teaching. B, their escape. C, playing dress up. Or D, silver bells. It's got to be the teaching. And to clarify, that is when Hideko's like, teach me how to have sex, Suki. So that's sex scene. I just don't know what to do. I have no clue what to do. I'm just a poor, naive girl. (laughs) Yes. Love it. How many places could your tongue even go? <laughs> yeah. Incredible. <laughs> All right. Question number five. Who was the worst person in this movie? A, Suki, B, Hideko, C, The Count, or D, Uncle Kazuki? Oh, man. it's That's a rough... Um, it's Uncle Kazuki. It's the uncle. It's, it's the uncle. He's so fucking creepy. I mean, I will say, like, props to who who played the uncle. Hold on. I got to look up his oh, name. Oh, yeah. He really, like, makes your, your skin crawl. 
He did a yeah, good okay. job of being uh, creepy props as fuck. to Cho Jin Wung because he's so fucking just off-putting in this. Yeah. Like, he's creepy, he's horny, he's pervy, he's got a fucking squid and a tiny little tank in his torture basement. It's, he's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the uncle. I mean, like, the Count was a fucking piece of shit, too, but it's the uncle. Yeah. All right. On that note, remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Let's Hang Up Pod. For all of our Less Essentials episodes, we have to have a Less Essentials drinking game for all of you. We'd like to remind you all, please drink responsibly. You do not have to do all of these rules. You can also feel free to drink water or some sort of soda. Don't get too crazy. But if you do get too crazy, please let us know. Tell us all about it. Tweet your, at us. <laughs> please tweet at us or send us an email letting us know how you fared on the drinking game. All right. So here are our drinking game rules. Drinking game rule number one. Anytime Suki is jealous of the count. Number two. Anytime the uncle is a giant perv. That one will get you wasted. <laughs> number three. Anytime Hideko and Suki try a new sex position. R.I.P. for those four minutes, everyone. Uh, number four, anytime Hideko reads one of her uncle's books. Number five, anytime anytime the Count talks about his balls. I hate it. I hate it, yeah. <laughs> number six, anytime someone is in a new disguise. Number seven, anytime there's a plot twist. And number eight, anytime Hideko slaps someone. Drink responsibly, kids, and let us know how it goes. <laughs> And make sure you stick around to the end of the episode for our original song, Fool For Me. Let me hear you say hip, 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 yeah. We love hearing from all of you. We love building this community. So we just want to shout out some of our favorite things every episode. And we want to start with just a huge thank you to everyone who attended our 100th Should Have Been Gay live what a milestone what a i i will be honest and say when we started this little podcast six years ago if you had asked me like are we gonna hit a hundred of these i am not sure i would have so confidently said like yeah absolutely um but now really i would (laughs) like we'll do another one in a little bit what i mean should we do a live episode every 50 episodes yeah, I think we should. That was fun. It was, it was fun. fun. We had it was time. really fun. Yeah. So thank you to everyone I mean, who came. Ideally, we'll just start doing like live, like, like in person. Yeah, that'd be great. Too. Yeah. Yeah. We can dream. We can. We can dream. Yes, but it was so fun. Thank you to our guests. Bethany and Devin were am- amazing. And anyone our, who. Our faves. Just what, what delights. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. Also, uh, we want to shout out. Bree Ryder NYC on Instagram who reached out to ask if we have been watching that 90s show and said it's for sure it should have been gay. Oh, so, isn't there one of them is gay though, right? Like there's a gay guy. Yeah, there's a gay there's a canon gay character, but she was saying there's a very close friendship between two of the women, which mm, intrigue. We all know what that more. means. I'm like, yeah, Donna. I was like, <laughs> I was like, is it gay in the same way that that 70s show was gay? Because yeah. 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 Fair enough. Laura Prepon. And as always, (laughs) we want to thank our lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Tanya Ferguson, Sarah and Julia, Alana Rosen, Lizette Stye, A.D. Benitez, 
Fiona W. And Sophia Phillips. And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen. Leah Henley. Andrea Desette. And Julia Gonzalez. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Let's Hangout Pod. You can email us at letshangoutpod at gmail.com. You can check out our website at letshangoutpod.com. Whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, make sure that you subscribe. That way you'll get new episodes as soon as they go up every week. We're also posting videos on our YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash letshangoutpod to catch them. Let's Hang Out is an independently produced show. It's hosted by us. Our audio production is by Ellie. Our production assistant is Krista Murison. And Twitter shenanigans or responding to silly people on Instagram is done by me. <laughs> if you want to support the podcast, the easiest way to do that is to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to join our Patreon, you can join our Discord chat. We have ad-free episodes. We have Less Central's watch parties. Uh, our bonus Patreon episodes every month. You can find all of that and more at bit.ly slash lespatreon. If you want to get some Les Hangout merch, you can get that at bit.ly slash lesshop. We have all kinds of things. Teas, tanks, totes. We always love all the teas when we say our tea public store. You can get that at bit.ly slash lesshop. Remember, we also have a queer production company making queer podcast musicals with guaranteed happy endings that you can find everywhere at at dollarbeanprod. Or at our website, dollarbeanproductions.com. You can listen to all of the episodes of our first show, The Flame. They are up on any podcasting app. And if you want to help support us in making more musicals, you can join our Patreon at bit.ly slash dollarbeanpatreon. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And let's, and let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. Let's hang Boy, you got a plan to make some fast money All you ever had to do was ask, honey Cause I can be your servant, observing and learning The twists and the turns, making sure that she's yours Now scream, somebody help my dreams Are starting to melt into the day Can't get away Girl, you're tripping Look at all this ice you're tripping Will you break me out? Running out of time, better make it count.
fellas my mind will you break me up 